Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the spontaneous life. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello, everyone. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Today, I I want to talk to you about goals, and I want you to understand what the problem is with goals. Because goals are everywhere lauded as being uh, important to motivate yourself. But I can see that it is goals that bring about our demise. See, the universe is fractal. If you get a broccoli and you break off one of the broccoli pieces, I don't know how to say it, it has the same shape as the whole broccoli. The smaller one is the same shape. And then you break off a little piece of that one. It has the same shape. It's fractal. And what happened to us in the very beginning, when I say us, I mean the human race, is still going on right now. So it's fractal over time also. We are of the lineage of Adam and Eve. And what we inherit is all that is left to us. You know, in the Bible, back in, in when you read the Old Testament, the business of, of inheriting was very, very, very important. Did you notice that? The father would lay his hand upon his son and bequeath to him what the father would leave to him upon the father's passing. It's very important. And in the New Testament, it continues to be important. And then there's also a laying on of hands where something is transferred. Do you understand that? So what we inherit from Adam and Eve is all we have. That's it. You know, you can't get more from Adam and Eve than what they leave. All you can get is what they leave to you. In other words, if you have a mommy cat and a daddy cat, and then you have the little baby kitten, the kitten can only get what comes from the parents, nothing more. That's its legacy. That's its inheritance. And it is then destined to become something like the parents were. Nothing else. Do you understand? So what we inherit from Adam and Eve is this fallen nature that is subject to death. That's right. We inherit that. So you're born subject to death, subject to lies, subject to deterioration and decay. And that's all that you get. But there is a possibility for something else made possible by Christ. Remember, he's the new Adam. Christ is the new Adam. And he was the first of a race of bright-natured beings destined to live forever, subject to the kingdom of God. Do you understand? What are you subject to now? Are you subject to your parents? You're subject to the government. You're subject to the medical system. You're subject to the schools. You're subject to your illnesses. You're subject to everything, including time. You're subject to time. And time is inexorable, isn't it? You look in the mirror and as you start to age, you see that you see the process right in front of your eyes. And 
You can see that there's something wrong with it and you don't like it, but you have to adapt to it because you're subject to it. Do you understand? I, I used to have a friend. I'm laughing because of what he said. He uh, he had said some cute things. One of the things he said, he said, I'm, he said, I'm never going to get out of this world alive. You know, like when you're watching a, a detective show or an old Western or something, and they're trapped and the bad guys got them trapped. And they said, we're never going to get out of here alive. Well, he said, I'm never going to get out of this world alive. Well, that's all you inherit. And Adam left that to us. But Christ bequeaths to us. Now, listen very carefully something of himself, his destiny, his nature, his life. But there has to be a contact. There has to be a laying on of hands, so to speak. He transfers it to you. Just as in the Old Testament, when the great patriarch was on the deathbed, he would lay his hand upon the head of his of his son, and then he would, he would leave him his inheritance. And so likewise, it is that it must be transferred to you. Now, what is the contact? Well, you know what it is. It's belief. It's faith. And it's uh, not doubting. So the contact has to be made, and it's a response to him and his way and his life and then you will then be able to inherit what he has for you. Now, let's talk about goals. So I, I began by telling you the bad news and then the good news. The good news. You get it? The bad news. You've heard the old joke. You want to hear the, the good news or the bad news? There, the doctor, a guy went to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, I got some bad news and some worse news. The guy said, okay, what's the bad news? And the doctor said, you only got 24 hours to live. And the guy said, that's awful. He said, what could possibly be worse than that? The doctor said, I forgot to tell you yesterday. All right, so I had some, some bad news and some good news. And the good news is what I said. Remember a long time ago when you were a little child? You could, you could do one thing and then another, and then another and another. And you, you know what they call that now? They, they call it, what do they call it? Hyperactivity or something like that. Well, some kids are hyperactive, but others, they just go from one thing to another. It's perfectly natural. You do this for a few minutes and then something else. And you do this for a minute, then you do that. And you, you do one thing and then suddenly you go ask a question and then you rush away and do something else. That's perfectly natural. That's the way I am. I'm 70 years old and that's the way I am. I do a little this and a little that. When I'm no longer interested in it, I put it down and I do something else. That's the natural way. Free, unencumbered. See, so that's what you, you must find. Because when you're in that state of being unencumbered and you're not lost in something and you're not immersed in something and you're not all emotional, then it's easier to do reality checks. Now, do you understand goals? See, Satan, the serpent, spoke very cleverly and, and offered a goal to Adam. Hey, you can be like a god. You can live forever. You can... Know what a God knows and do your own thing 
and all of that. And Adam listened to that, and he kind of liked it. And so that was the original goal. And so at that point, Adam changed kingdoms. He changed allegiance. He fell away from the beautiful kingdom where he could have lived forever, and he fell into another kingdom ruled by the devil and a kingdom of goals. So now, do you remember when you were a little child and life was beautiful and you didn't have any goals? You woke up in the morning and stretched and rubbed your eyes and jumped from bed and ran across the house to see what was for breakfast. And then you ran outside to say good morning to your puppy or your cat and to pick a flower. And then you rushed back in and then you rushed to your room and then you began to play with something. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Well, that's the way life is supposed to be. Free, unencumbered, an adventure, spontaneous. But what happened? Well, people began to lay trips on you. And what were those trips? Those trips were goals that other people had laid upon them and then they laid it upon you. So pretty soon you had to do this and you had to do that. And you had to begin to go sit in classrooms for many hours or sit in front of the computer for many, many hours. And then there was peer pressure to be something. See, to be, it says, so that's the goal, the pressure. Oh, you're not good enough as you are. You have to be like this. You're not smart enough as you are. You have to study more and more and more and more for years and years and years and years. You see, goals, endless goals. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. As long as you follow those goals, you're being led down the rosy path toward oblivion. So stand back and watch. And don't set any goals for yourself. Just do your duty. If you have work, do your work. If you're a mom, then be a mom or a dad. If you can do a kindness for someone, good. But if you can't, then don't worry about it. But just go about your life without setting goals for yourself. And it sounds very similar to throwing in the towel and doing nothing, see? So, so people will often say, well, so what do you do? Then just sit around and be a, be a slob and play video games and never do anything? No. But you have to be moved by the wind of the Spirit. You have to flow intuitively to move this way or that way, to say yes or no, to go for this opportunity, to, to stay away from that person. It has to be intuitive, gut level. See, not something that was given to you, not something that was suggested to you, but inspired from within by the, the very, by the Creator Himself, who quietly and wordlessly says, you, you know, don't go that way. 
Just wait. See, but here's the thing. Just hearing about religion, hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, it's not enough. You have to experience Him in your innermost being. And what's blocking you right now from experiencing Him is undoubtedly resentment and being lost in your thoughts, lost in your daydreams and work, lost in your worries and doubts and fears. And so you have to learn how to stand back from those so you can get clear of them, okay? It's like being under the ocean, coming up to the surface, and there's the blue sky and the puffy clouds, and you take a deep breath of fresh air. That's what you need to do to come out of those daydreams that become nightmares. Rise above them and then find reality, the blue sky and the puffy clouds and where the birds are singing. And that's why I've made a little meditation, too. I've made a little meditation that has been very, very helpful to some people. It's been very helpful to me. And I think it uh, could be just what, what you need if you really and truly want to get better, okay, and find out the purpose for your existence and find out just where you've been going wrong and what's been blocking you from finding all the good things that life can hold. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment, give us a call at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Or visit our website at SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Thanks for listening. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Dedicated to helping people solve their stress issues and move forward to a life of joy and purpose, Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Well, that's the way life is supposed to be. Free, unencumbered an adventure, spontaneous. But what happened? Well, people began to lay trips on you. And what were those trips? Those trips were goals that other people had laid upon them and then they laid laid it upon you. Pretty soon, you had to do this and you had to do that. And you had to begin to go sit in classrooms for many hours or sit in front of the computer for many, many hours. It says, so that's the goal, the pressure. Oh, you're not good enough as you are. You have to be like this. You're not smart enough as you are. You have to study more and more and more and more for years and years and years and years. And eventually when our health suffers, then then our goal is to get better. But somehow it doesn't work out. The treatments that they offer don't seem to make you totally better. And then there are side effects and then more symptoms. And then your goal is to get rid of the symptoms. And then the goal is to get rid of the pain. See, you got to do this. So they set up goals and they mess everything up. They mess everything up. So don't set any goals for yourself. If right now you're sort of messed up, then just take a look at yourself and say, okay, so I'm messed up. And then just get the little meditation and learn to sit still and be still. And get back in touch with your intuition. See, you always had intuition. It was wordless and it was silent. And it 
if you had always followed your intuition, you would have become a Beethoven or an Einstein or a George Washington or somebody very noble. But instead, you listen to the voice of the world. That's right. And the voice of the world eventually became the voice in your own mind, whispering to you, you got to do more. You got to study more. You got to work harder. You got to give more time. You got to volunteer more. You've got to do more for your kids. You've got to do more. And when, as long as you follow that voice that you take to be your very own voice, you're being led down the rosy path toward oblivion. So stand back and watch. Now here's the other thing I want you to see. These are not your goals. They're not. They're other people's goals. So who was, who was the original tempter in your life? For Adam, of course it was. The words came through his wife, but it was the serpent who stood behind her. And who was the original tempter in your life long ago? Who motivated you and then comforted your motivated self? Who set goals for you? Well, and then it was probably your, your mom was probably the first one. She set goals for you, see, because she was a spokesperson for the, for the system, for the status quo. And so she, she mouthed the platitudes and the party line and marched you off to school and this and that and this and that. And when you began to fail, and how did you fail? You failed because you began to doubt yourself. And at some point along the way, you caved in and began, began to to go along with what everybody said. You did it for peace. You did it so they wouldn't knock you down on the playground. You did it so she would get off your back. You did it to please her. You did it for perks. You did it for maybe eventually the dream began to prey, prey upon your mind, the dream, the goal, to be great through education, through going to college, through money, through power, through popularity, through pleasure. See, whatever it was, you fell for that, that abstract goal. But then the abstract goal had to take on some kind of, of an actual physical substance, didn't it? For Adam, it was eating the forbidden food. For you, it may have been turning your back on your little brother and sister because you wanted to go out with some some other kids. It may have been caving in, doubting yourself, and then beginning to mouth the party line yourself, and then pressure your own little brother or your own little sister, or then pressure your own kids with the same pressures that had been applied to you. So there are goals. See, so that's the problem. But all we know is goal-seeking because that's what we're subject to. So do you understand that's what, you're, that's what you're subject to? You are subject to goals and through goals to pressures and through pressures to deterioration and then to death. So you mustn't set any goals for yourself. You mustn't have any goals 
not even to be a better person, not even to be nicer, not even to do more for the poor or to, or to, you know, these things prey upon your mind. You think, well, you know, you, you feel guilty because you resent your mom. Let's put it, let's, let me give you a simple situation. There you are, you're, you're 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 60 years old, and you, you, you feel guilty. Why? Because you resent your, your mom. She used to pressure you. She used to yell at you. She stood by and said nothing when kids did something to you, or who knows what she did. Mostly she just pressured you. And so you resented her for that. And now you feel guilty. Whenever you think of her, you feel guilty. So then something whispers to your mind, well, you should give her more. You should send her more money. You should call her and this and that. See, so you do. You call her. You, you send flowers. You send cards. You go visit. You mow the lawn for her. You take her out to dinner. You visit her. But you know what? It's, it's not really out of love. It's out of guilt and guilt. But in the guilt, the pressure source, the invisible pressure source whispers to you, you got to be nicer. You got to do more for other people. You got to, you got to study the Bible more. You got to be more holy. And when, as long as you follow that voice that you take to be your very own voice, you're being led down the rosy path toward oblivion. So stand back and watch. Get the little meditation and learn to sit still and be still and get back in touch with your intuition. You always had intuition. It was wordless, and it was silent. And it, if you had always followed your intuition, you would have become a Beethoven, or an Einstein, or a George Washington, or somebody very noble. But instead, you listen to the voice of the world. That's right. And the voice of the world eventually became the voice in your own mind, whispering to you, you got to do more. You got to study more. You got to work harder. You got to give more time. You got to volunteer more. You've got to do more for your kids. You've got to do more. And when, as long as you follow that voice that you take to be your very own voice, as long as you follow those goals, you're being led down the rosy path toward oblivion. So stand back and watch. And don't set any goals for yourself. Just do your duty. If you have work, do your work. If you're a mom, then be a mom or a dad. If you can do a kindness for someone, good. But if you can't, then don't worry about it. But just go about your life and without setting goals for yourself. And it sounds very similar to throwing in the towel and doing nothing, see? So, so people will often say, well, so what do you do? Then just sit around and be a, be a slob and, and, you know, play video games and never do anything? No. But you have to be moved by the wind of the Spirit. You have to flow intuitively to move this way or that way, to say yes or no, to go for this opportunity, to, to stay away from that person. It has to be intuitive, gut level. 
See, not something that was given to you, not something that was suggested to you, but inspired from within by the, the very, by the Creator Himself, who quietly and wordlessly says, you, you know, don't go that way, just wait. And so it may seem for a while that you're doing nothing. It may seem like you're doing nothing, but you know what? What you're doing is not going the wrong way. Sometimes going the right way is just simply not going the wrong way. And the whole world may be arrayed against you. They're all saying, oh, do this, do that. Do this new experimental thing. Oh, it's the latest thing. Go this way, go that way. Why, you've got to invest more, more. You've got to try these stock, this options. You've got to have this savings account. You've got to blah, blah, blah. There's no end to it. Just stand back and let it go. And you'll find your way. But I think you should get the meditation. See, right now you're too lost in your mind. See, the serpent, the devil, Satan, he contacts you through your thought processes and through your imagination. So you have to learn to stand back from it. It doesn't mean blanking thought. It doesn't mean humming or chanting or anything like that. It just means learning to stand back and observe thought as thought and not be lost in the thought. And when you're not lost in it, when you're standing back from it, you're not subject to it. When you're not subject to thought and when you're not subject to your emotions, how about now? Aren't you subject to your emotions? You are. See? So that's another thing that you inherit. You're subject to your emotions. And your emotions get you in big trouble. They give you a headache and a tummy ache when you get angry and upset and nervous and tense and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing. And then you have conflict over it. And then you have various symptoms from this. So what you have to do is stand back from them when you're not subject to your emotions, when you're not subject to thoughts or the imagination, you just quietly watch it. And deep in your heart, you want to do what's right, but you can see you don't even know what's right. See, everybody's always told you what's right. You don't know what's right. You just see, I don't know what's right, what the right thing to do is, but I want to do the right thing, but I don't know what it is. And stand back, and it's the same as a silent plea to your Creator, a silent cry to your Creator. The cry of the soul is silent and without complaint, and He will answer. you to go to my website and get the meditation give it a try it's free it's free and my website is sheddingshackles.com sheddingshackles.net or sheddingshackles.us until next time lord willing and the creek don't rise i'll see you then bye bye You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.